Hey everybody, welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Josh Denhart and I'm here with my good friend, Jeff. Jeff, we're back, buddy. It's good to be back and we have a little extra layer to the podcast now, right? We got the video going. Yeah. So those of you listening, you might, we haven't done video before. We've so never done video. We might do a clip or two on the Instagram page or yeah. throw this out there. Who knows? We might even start YouTube. We'll see what That's happens. That's right. But That's right. You're going to have to be more aware of my, I don't know what my resting face is normally, but definitely going to be more aware of it well, now that yeah, we yeah. got the video on us. Now, for those who who are not watching this, you don't get to see us with big headphones on. It looks like we're... Exactly. I feel very the, official with everything going on here. Yeah. Look well, good, podcast good. That's what they say. Look, What'd you say? Look good, podcast good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're super grateful to be here. Hey, listen, we would love for you to do a couple of special things for us. Number one, if you would like this podcast, if you would... Um, subscribe, but uh, but more than anything, in terms of the algorithm for Apple, uh, you know, podcasts. If you would leave a comment and just say mm-hmm. Jeff looks great, or <laughs> or just really truly do. If you if you enjoy Apple the podcast, aside, that'll boost the ego. That'll make me feel good. So that's right. Appreciate those. Well, hey, you know, um, the Lead Volunteers podcast. We're seeking to equip people, uh, be more organized, to help people to stop the revolving door of volunteers and ultimately prevent ministry burnout. And today's topic, Jeff, is kind of an interesting one. It is high on the list of what could cause burnout. Am I right? Yeah. Kind of when you get those wheels spinning and you feel just, I don't know what the, just a little anxious, kind of all over and you have a lot of movement going on, but maybe feel like you're not getting everything done on your list and kind of enter into that spiral. Well, the funny thing is, is the title of today's talk is, do we bring execution or merely activity? Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between executing and getting something done and being being busy, right? So there's a funny story, Jeff, that years ago, there was this humongous machine at the World's Fair. Okay, this machine had smoke, levers, gears, uh, it was making a ton of noise, it was gathering a crowd of people, a lot of attention, People stood in amazement to see this crazy thing, this like whatever, like an engineering feat. Mm-hmm. And the, the the guy who had built it was actually standing right next to it, kind of chest puffed out. He was really happy and, <laughs> and everybody was standing in amazement and watching this thing chug and plug and make noise and whistle and whirl and push out smoke. And, and a person standing next to him said, so what, what does it do? And the guy said, what do you mean, what does it do? It runs. (laughs) And so could that be said of us, right? I feel like that's a lot of dads out tinkering with the lawnmower on a weekend. (laughs) So what are you doing? Hey, it runs now. doesn't cut the grass, but I got it started. Yes, exactly. And Mm. so the thing is, to everybody's surprise, when that engineer said, what do you mean, what does it do? It runs. Could mm-hmm. this be said of us in a ministry context, right? Mm-hmm. A life or a ministry or a job full of busyness, but we're actually not accomplishing anything. Yeah. And I think that's a tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think that that, for me, that leads to a sense of frustration, hopelessness, and le- maybe even leading, leading to burnout because you're exhausted at the end of the day. But did the mission move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like kind of back to my week intro of that this topic but that that feeling you get when maybe you walk into work and you have that big task list in front of you and all right I got to get these eight things done today but then distractions come up oh 
this happened on Sunday. I need to address that. Or this happened here. And all of a sudden you're spinning in a lot of different directions. And you realize that kind of the core things that you wanted to get done to help move that ball forward. Oh, actually none of those things got done because I was just kind of running around with a a chicken with my head cut off. And maybe you get a thing here, there, but you're always, you always feel like you're not quite doing enough or getting enough things done. And it kind of leads to this feeling of like, I just, I just, I'm, just I'm not, not accompli- quite there. I'm not accomplishing yeah. anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to be busy. Would yeah. you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I would say uh, simply moving, as you said, like a chick with your head cut off or flittering to and fro um, between less essential or non-essential tasks, it gives us this feeling that we're actually doing something. And that can be um, deceiving, self-deceiving. Mm-hmm. Another thing, how many of you in podcast land have ever sat through an entire day of meetings and not a single thing went <laughs> forward and you come home exhausted, but really it was just a bunch of talking and there wasn't a, okay, draw the line, let's all break from the meeting mm-hmm. and go accomplish something, right? I feel like people are cheering in their cars or wherever <laughs> they're listening. I think, that, yeah, so many meetings where you get through, you have the two, three hour meeting and you're like, I'm mentally drained, but... I don't think we did anything. That's it. <laughs> That's the topic today, mm-hmm. right? And I think that I think that it's 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 a feeling of of somewhat hopelessness when you realize that you've been literally spinning your wheels but nothing has actually happened. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a former high school chemistry teacher. I took a lot of physics courses back in the day. Mm-hmm. And there was always this this uh, fun thing that a professor would do, right? He would pick the strongest kid in the room, the kid would stand up he would ask the kid to go to the wall and the and he would actually tell the kid i want you to push with all of your might so the kid would be pushing you could see that he was his face was maybe getting red a little bit um he was getting breathless by that's like a static push he was statically mm-hmm. pushing against the wall and then at the end the professor would say hey let's discuss this did work take place and of course, someone in the in the in the lecture hall would say, "Yes, work took place. Look how tired that guy is." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got beads of sweat dripping. <laughs> he's tired. He's huffing and puffing. He's huffing and puffing. But but from a technical standpoint, unless a a body moves, meaning like like if the wall actually moved five feet mm-hmm. from his pushing, then technically work would have been achieved. Mm. So so distance, no distance was traveled. Therefore. It wasn't work. Yeah. And so in the same way, th- th- I-, I hope that this is not a discouraging thing, but for, a, I mean, I could look back and see where I was, like we said, exhausted, but nothing actually happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think it's a terrible thing to gauge whether or not you've been successful, whether or not you have exerted yourself. Did anything actually move forward, I think, is the real question. So mere activity doesn't equal execution, right? Um, and I, again, like we said, church, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've not worked in a bank, right? <laughs> maybe I've not worked at um, a convenient, I don't know, whatever, whatever other job. So my one of my main, well, then again, I was a teacher mm-hmm. and I was a pastor both of also which a telemarketer for time magazine if i remember right yes too. You had a bunch of different jobs a bunch Josh. of different jobs so <laughs> jeff was jeff and his wife were over at our house last night we did some landscaping and we have like a new area we're front yard people now right mm-hmm. what'd you think of that by the way it was super fun just 
hanging out. Yeah, people walking by, had other neighbors come over. It was yeah. a lot of fun. It wasn't fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like our little our little space, right? Yeah, looks kind of cute, inviting. So we're front yard neighbors now. So last night we were talking and. I don't even know how it came up, but yes, I was a telemarketer for Time Magazine mm-hmm. back in the day. Great salesman. Sell to anybody. This is true. Mm-hmm. I, I almost kind of want to tell the story. Should we save that for another time? No, I'm trying. Should I we guess, do it? Or we could go into it. Okay, quick. We'll do it fast. So here I was, Time Magazine. Uh, and I, I, I was 14 years old, man. I had a mullet, Jeff. I drove in on a <laughs> moped and I had a script and I would sell Time Magazine over the phone. And sure enough... Um, I actually sold Time Magazine to a blind musician. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. It's a crazy story, but it makes it makes sense. You you sold it to me the way you sold it to, to that him. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so essentially, so all of the people out there who think that I'm a complete jerk by selling Time Magazine to a blind person, mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually sold it to him to give to his administrative assistant. I said, it was well, a sir. gift. Yeah, it was a gift. Mm-hmm. He he needed to, to honor her. Okay, that was a... Comp- we don't usually have sidebars on the podcast. No, so bringing it back, different... You were saying... I have, a, have had a lot of jobs. Trip, but I've had yeah, a lot of jobs. Maybe not work in a bank or see how other organizations go and work, things like that. But in a in an educational context, in an administry context, I absolutely found that we were plagued with, with activity, mm-hmm. but we didn't get anything done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what we're asking today is for people to take an assessment, mm-hmm. um, by the way, go ahead. I was just going to ask, what are some of the things that they can note? So like when I think maybe our tendency is to head into a little bit of defensiveness, like, okay, yeah, I do feel stressed. I do feel like my wheels are turning, but wait, you guys are saying I'm not doing anything. I'm doing something. What do you mean? I'm not doing anything. The, the wall, it's, it's moving. It's got to be moving. I'm working too right, hard. Or at least we hope it's moving. Exactly. And so, or maybe it's it's moving some, but maybe not quite as far as the the vision, your vision yes. would want yes. it to be at this point. So when they're doing this assessment, what are some things that we can look for to help give ourselves an honest look an honest into assessment. how we're doing so that we can say like, okay, maybe I'm pushing harder than it shows or how can I right. yeah, readjust my time, my schedule, my meetings to be more efficient. Well, one thing that I would say is, is that I, what I don't want people to do is to only look above them and wag the bony finger and, and have a castigating um, attitude toward your senior leaders, that mm-hmm. they are the ones who are keeping you from really achieving anything because you're sitting in their meetings. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, let's, first of all, let's draw a line right there and say, nope, that's off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about myself and about what I can do um, in my, in my own time. And for me, I think, um, Jeff, this may sound counterintuitive, but, but I think that a, a success point for me has been to, as John Acuff says, to half your goal. Like you're going to have to explain that one. Okay. So Often we set a humongous lofty goal Mm -hmm. and it's very, very, very difficult to achieve that. And so therefore sometimes we don't, but his, his perspective is in a book called finish half your goal, like say, instead of running five miles a week, I'm going to run 2.5 miles a week. That's it. So somebody might be like, wow, slacker, (laughs) but he makes a compelling argument that, that actually halving our goal it, it's it's more likely that we're going to achieve that, which will lead to a snowball effect. Does that mm-hmm. make any sense to you? Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm thinking of like it's different uh, kind of mental strategies for getting rid of debt, like starting with the smallest right. loan first to just kind of debt snowball 
you get that small little win first and that kind of motivates you into getting tackling some of those bigger things along the way right absolutely and so i think it can be said of and by the way wouldn't that sound like dave ramsey with this debt snowball thing right he's the one Mm -hmm. that's kind of known for that one of the things that that he says is pick pick the smallest one which in a sense it's like yeah but wouldn't we want to work our, aren't we wouldn't we want to work our way toward the biggest one in his idea just like you said it's momentum mm-hmm. right um, so another thing is that I think that I think I can achieve more in an eight hour period than I than I actually can but I th- I think that I can I I think I can achieve more in eight hours than I'm actually able to that's first second I am actually able to achieve more than I think I can over 30 days. Does that make sense to you? Hmm. So in other words, I I overestimate what I can do in a day. And typically, Jeff, if you were to see like a punch list from me, it's there's too much. There's too much. But over a month period of time, I can get way more done than I estimate. Hmm. In a year's time, I can conquer way more than I think that I can. But part of that is choosing to try to do less on a given day. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but when I have actually, like it used to be that I would have four or five big goals for the day. And I, and I read John Acuff's book and I was like, forget it. I'm going to do one big thing today. That's it. Mm-hmm. And rather than seeing a list of five, accomplishing one and feeling like a failure, for me, reducing it all, picking one thing, the most important thing or the thing that could get accomplished today, and I move that forward, there is a sense of momentum. So for me, eight hours, let's be real about this. In an eight-hour day, if I'm really diligent, I think that I, I think that I actually have maybe four, four and a half hours of actual true productivity. Does that make sense to you, Jeff? Yeah, it does. Because I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, do the math a little bit. If you're, if you've got that list of maybe all the big things you want to accomplish within that month, you mm-hmm. have them on your list right in front of you, and then yeah, you're getting one done but feeling like a failure. But those are getting stretched out because of kind of the mind racing. Oh, I'm behind. I'm not getting a stuff done. I'm pushing against the wall, but nothing's happening. And then a month goes by and maybe you haven't finished those things. But if you stick to that one big thing per day or even one big thing every other day, every two days, you're getting those done and much more in the 30-day period. So that's a good like perspective changing thing to help with productivity. And so when it... When it comes to maybe that self-assessment, that's one of the things to be looking for is maybe your task list. Is there yes. is there anything else that we can kind of zone in on to help us think through like, okay, am I am I being as productive as I would like to be right. and kind of readjusting some of the, the effort that isn't maybe producing as much work? What can we look for there? Well, another thing that I think about, Jeff, uh, and by the way, this is coming to my mind right now. This is not the John Acuff book strategy podcast, <laughs> but as you're saying this, his, another strategy that he had comes to mind. Uh, he said, and I, I call it now um, like hyper achievement through airplane mode. So got my phone and I can switch it to airplane mode. So in his book, he kind of begins to lay this out and it really it caused me to think a lot. So I do travel quite a bit. And as I travel, I find that I am super productive on an airplane. Why? Number one, um, I have noise canceling headphones on. Number two, I don't have Wi-Fi. And I I usually don't pay for Wi-Fi, though you can get Wi-Fi Mm -hmm. on an airplane now. Uh, Number three, 
I can't get up and go to the bathroom as easily. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. all of these yeah, normal... It's not an easy escape. It's not an easy <laughs> escape. And so all of these things are, are kind of the conditions that ended up resulting in me being hyperproductive on a two to three hour flight. And so his suggestion was, what if you were to seek to replicate the conditions when you're flying on an airplane. And so I started to do that a number of years ago. And it, to be truthful, I, I, I can't do it every day. It's just not, it's, it's, it's too much. Mm -hmm. But a, a one day a week, let's say, that I will completely disengage and I will work diligently in airplane mode. What, what do I do? Um, I hold my bathroom, right? I'm like, dude, you're fine. You can hold it. You got two hours. I put on noise canceling headphones. I turn my phone onto airplane mode. And I sit in my office and pound out what Cal, um, Cal Newport has a book called Deep Work. And so I went into what he calls deep work mode. And then I, I, I come up for air after those two hours. And I really did move some significant things forward. Now, here's a couple of funny things, Jeff. Number one, no world tragedies happened during that two-hour mm -hmm. period when I was away from my phone. Um, my wife could have interrupted me. Uh, maybe I put it on do not disturb, not airplane mode, right? Mm -hmm. So that the real emergency people who are on my favorites list can break through. Mm -hmm. But nothing bad happened. So unplugging for two hours, it, some people are kind of like, ah, that sounds kind of yeah. like, could I actually do that? Well, give it a try. And so. Truth be told, most people could unplug for a day, a weekend, and you realize, right. oh, the world's still spinning. We're the all right world here. is still spinning. And maybe you were going to be just that much more productive as an individual. Mm -hmm. So I would say, number one, cut your list in two. Cut your list in two. Cut your goals. Half them. Sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. And I would say try out airplane mode. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. no, I think that's really good. And maybe just as we finish up the podcast here with those three easy steps to try to take with us, help us kind of hone in our efficiency, help make sure that our task list is being accomplished over time and that we're not just banging our heads or pushing up against yeah. the wall and not having any movement. But the question is kind of, what are some of the benefits of doing this? I mean, obviously at the beginning, we're talking about kind of the anxiety, the, yep. the burnout that comes along with uh, this kind of habit, this long-term habit yes. of pushing and nothing's happening. And so I think there's some obvious um, yeah, we, like repercussions there, but in terms of, you know, long-term effects, how, how is kind of this simple assessment going to help us moving forward and right. why is it worth doing in the midst of, I mean, again, it almost seems like we listen to podcasts, we listen to read an article, we go to a conference and it's just one more thing to add to our list. Understood. I'm trying Understood. to, you just told me to cut it in half and by telling me to do something. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so here's, the, okay, I think there's two things. Number one, like on this podcast, let's say, we're wanting to give you information. We're wanting to put something into your brain, let's say. But can I be so bold as to say that I want to take something from you, which might even be misinformation, that you think in your mind that pounding through emails or, you know, obsessively checking social media or or being in meetings or conducting tons of meetings that that is the equivalent to to activity 
or or to moving something forward or execution. And it's really just spinning our wheels sometimes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So for me, I want to I want to dis I want to like break down people's misconceptions that that everything that we're doing is moving the ball forward where it's some of it isn't truly isn't work because the mission isn't moving forward now there are a lot of pixely things yes i have to attend to email yes i have to attend to social media yes i have to attend meetings that are not of my choosing however i seriously think that i am in control of myself and i want to put in some things into place that can assure that I'm actually accomplishing big things that will make a big difference over the long haul. Um, I, I, I think I, I really think that ministry is super prone to just manic busyness. And if you're not careful, you're going to feel like, like an unaccomplished um, you're, you're not going to feel like you're making a difference in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's super easy for ministry to become reactive, and yes. especially in this crazy year that we've had with coronavirus yep. and so many changes and just kind of being hit with all of this stuff and we're expected to react. But when we settle into reactiveness instead of being proactive and kind of reassessing, saying, all right, this is the vision, this is the mission that God's given me. How can I t- take steps forward towards that? Instead of saying, all right, this is the mission and vision that everyone else is throwing at me because I've got yes. so many things to do. That's when we get reactive. We start to press up against that wall and right. feel like nothing's moving. And Totally I agree. I hope there's some, some good steps to, and things to take away from today's podcast. I know there's many, many a ministry leader out there who feel like their head's spinning, like they're pushing up against a wall and like nothing's happening. And I hope this can be an, an encouraging 20-ish minutes for us to just say, Okay, let me just press pause, kind of assess yeah. what I'm doing with the time I have control over in my ministry and try to just take it one step at a time forward. Yes, and, and if I could say one final thing, I would say that trying to accomplish or, or, or um, I would say trying to tackle a new thing is often going to be again problematic i think that i think that we should focus on that which is right in front of us what we've already set our 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 heart and our mind to Mm -hmm. and carry something to completion as opposed to hey i'm kind of bored i kind of want the buzz factor of a new shiny thing i think a lot of ministry leaders um they get we we take on too much and therefore don't accomplish anything so again i guess that comes back to halving what we're seeking to do Mm -hmm. right Yeah, well, I hope that there's a few tangible things for us to hold on to that we can take away from today's podcast. We appreciate every single one of you who's listening to the Lead Volunteers podcast. We don't let those numbers uh, pass us by each and every single one of you. We appreciate you more than you know. We thank you for listening. Uh, Give us a like, a review. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about in the future, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode.